Now's the time to tell tales of the unaccountable. Sandy, what do you fear? What do you fear? Consider you find someone mummified. I already like this story. Okay, this is what we're going to do. We just need you to hunt the giant owl. He just looks too suave to be Dracula. <laughs> too suave to be Dracula. Remember, you are bringing her back to life, so there is that. You got that to pony up on. Be afraid. Be marginally afraid. Welcome to Pulp Nightmare. I'm Mike. I'm MB. And I'm Hero. And welcome back to Pulp Watch 1994, whatever the hell this is called. MB, what are we watching? We are watching The People v. O.J. Simpson, An American Crime Story, Episode 3. The Dream Team. Because, yes, that's the, that's the name of tonight's episode. I'm so happy. Now, if you are just listening to this podcast, uh, what happened last time was, listen all y'all, it's a sabotage. Listen all y'all, it's a sabotage. Listen all y'all, it's a sabotage. That basically happened for an entire scene while OJ was in the backseat of a car holding a gun to his own head. And AC was yelling at the cops. Played by Malcolm Jamar Warner. Pretty much. And, of course, uh, we're live watching this with commercials and all that. There's no real way for you guys to sync this up as a commentary, but you're welcome to figure out and try anyway. Uh, We'll be explaining as much as humanly possible. Oh, God. Clearly white David Swimmer is taking his Armenian children to the mall. I like how much play the young Kardashians are getting, because they are going to milk that as much as possible. They really are. Please tell me he walks in and a security guard is like, sir, where did you get these children? Listen, I think you missed this, like, them doing the, going Kardashian, Kardashian from last week. It was despicable. Oh, God, is this the origin of the Kardashians and their thirst for power? Yes. They always get a table. Wouldn't it be amazing if there were a scene where, like, Kim gets up to use the bathroom and she accidentally bumps into... A young Ray J <laughs> cementing their future. She tells Kanye West that is Roland like busting, busting tables in the back. OJ's actually, um, <laughs> Ray J's actually the same age. I just want to point out Kardashian just called OJ Uncle Juice. Because <laughs> this is somehow a serious show. I'm so glad I turned the subtitles on. <laughs> Uncle Juice. By the way, I should probably bring attention to the beverage that I brought to tonight's uh He just called him Uncle Juice. He said Uncle Juice twice. I'm, I hate this show. Speaking of Uncle Juice, it's not black. It's OJ. OJ, that probably should have been shaking a little bit more, because I, I did not think that through. <laughs> you got all that. We are Kardashians. I like the secret origin of the Kardashians. Them being famous. This dialogue is as subtle as the end of Man of Steel. Seriously? That was the cold open. The secret origin of the Kardashians' quest for fame and power. By the way, I just want to point out how disappointed I was that MB actually got back in time. Because he was cutting it very close by getting that OJ. I wanted so badly for us to just start the episode and then dramatically MB walks in having gotten OJ. I finally got him. He's going to answer for his crimes. I just take a sip. You just strangle. Oh, hey, Gods of Egypt TV spot. I hope you guys are getting this. Oh, yeah. 
By the way, Mike, it's a commercial break, and you're not on Wikipedia. Oh, I'm, I'm pulling it up. I Listen, we'll do it on the next one. Let's build. Let's settle in. Yeah, if, if, if none of you listened to the first episode of Pulp Watch 1994, Mike came up with an ingenious way of filling the time with commercial breaks by – Reading Wikipedia articles of obscure comic book characters. Particularly Punisher knockoffs. Particularly Marvel characters that nobody has ever heard of. Hey, hey, I heard of the Fool Killer, and I'm somebody. <laughs> You're hosting this live watch at the People vs. O.J. Simpson. Clearly, you're a man of great importance. Hey, that's more than the dregs listening to this back at home. I mean, um, I love you folks. Well, there goes our German audience. Ah, they're used to it. They're German. It's what Germans do. Seriously, I should have shaken that stuff more. Well, swirl it around. Oh, God, you start choking on the pulp and fall to the ground. No! Not another victim for OJ. Do you go with pulp or no pulp? I Only monsters go with pulp. Like OJ. Exactly. Oh, uh, wow. I'm I'm not editing that out. This has been Pulp Nightmare. Pulp Watch. Same deal. So I'm getting a weird Kia commercial right now. As am I. I like the ninja white vanish. ninja. Uh, yeah, that, that's what ninja, I was going to comment on. Ninja. Franco Nero. You got the same vibe, too. Oh, yeah. I'm hearing a lot of white ninja references lately. You think, you think there's a comeback coming? I think so. I like to think so. We get a big Enter the Ninja reboot. Oh, could you imagine? Uh, who would that star? That's what I'm trying to think. Um, it's, 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 it would have to be somebody weird. Nicholas Cage. It, actually, yeah, that would make... No, because then it would be a faithful adaption. Okay, 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 okay. Vince Vaughn. No, he'd have to be the villain. Okay, Vince Vaughn as the villain. The hero, in a very bold move, Jonah Hill. Okay, then it's kind of like a semi-like seek. Like, soft sequel to Beverly Hills Ninja? Exactly! That's what I was thinking. What I like is that just sounds like one of the fake 21 Jump Street sequels from the end of 22 Jump Street. <laughs> and there's the time we were ninjas. The Americans. Guys, uh, TVMA. Oh, God. Like, that's the abandoned hope all ye who enter for the show. God, that looks nothing like OJ. <laughs> the dramatic cut of the, the the negative. Oh my God, they're they're actually going over to, like it being made to look more evil. God, I like how they don't cover the crime scene at all, but this they're going into detail over. Well, they want the spin. They want to show how they railroaded OJ. It'd be amazing if they like had the Photoshop team whip up an amazing image, and it was just literally an Im the image of OJ. <laughs> like they made Cuba Gooding Jr. look like OJ. This doesn't count, by the way. Don't take a drink. Oh, hey, they finally mentioned Ron Goldman again. Don't worry, it's the last time. They mentioned Nicole Brown like three times. That's like three times more than they mentioned her at all. What about the Bronco chase? Okay, did Marcia Clark... In this fictionalized account of things, 
just say that he is the sole murderer? <laughs> Wouldn't that get her in a lot of trouble? Technically. To be fair... You got me there, to be fair. But Larry King? Please tell me old as balls Larry King will play 1994 Larry King in this. To be fair, how different do they really look? Is that Donald Logue? I know it's not, but it, it looked like him for a... No, we, we discussed this. It's Mark Wade. <laughs> but I feel like Patrick Bateman. Oh, God! Super villain. In his lair. I love how casting Travolta makes it look like Shapiro fucking just lifted weights all day. He was actually kind of a skinny guy from what I remember. But how do I tie this to Xavier's school for gifted children? Oh god, we're getting to F. Lee Bailey. Is he having a heart attack? Yeah. God, it's Nathan Lane plays F. Lee Bailey. Yep. You're shitting me. They're bringing the class. Also, look at Bailey's just Mr. Burns office. (laughs) (laughs) The gigantic fireplace. Is that the the Cobblepot fireplace from the opening of Batman Returns. I think so. For some reason, this reminds me of the Queen Mansion from Arrow. (laughs) I expect Ollie to walk in at any moment. Nathan Lane's talking to his mom. (laughs) They're railroading OJ. I've got to bust him out of here. They think I'm the man in the hood. I like how last episode... Oh, good for you, OJ, with that Bronco chase. This time, oh, he's in that terrible Bronco. (laughs) God. Larry King had such weird shoulders back then. Did they they add Larry King in the cast list just because of file footage? Apparently. I mean, how are they going to have him in the cast in present day? He looks, he looks two hundred. I mean, it's this show. That's yeah, true. I mean, have you seen Travolta? I I don't want to see Travolta honestly because the fact that his face doesn't move is slowly starting to creep me more out. The more I look at it, his it's. It's his eyebrows that are freaking me out. Nothing moves there. He's like the bad guy in Space Mutiny. (laughs) Is Lane drunk? Like, is he actually drunk during this performance? Does he realize that he's in the people v. O.J. Simpson? I think he is, and he's having the time of his life. Exactly. It's Nathan Lane. Oh, if anyone can class up something like this as Nathan Lane. He got to Uncle Juice and was like, I know what kind of show this is. <laughs> He's just going to start singing Hakuna Matata. <laughs> also, hey, Batman. Funny enough, um, before this came on, Star Trek Into Darkness was actually on FX, and Bruce Greenwood was credited in the end credits. So it's almost like we we had a precursor to Greenwood. Same universe. Why can't Sarah Paulson be in Good Things? She played that well, two-headed in, lady in that season of American Horror Story. And she was in the spirit. Uh, um, well, she was in the first season of. Uh, uh, She's in every season of American Horror Story. She played the world's worst psychic. Plays hypodermic Sally currently. 
this makeup. Okay, I, I don't care how many times you say your name is Robert Kardashian, David Schwimmer, we're, we're not going to believe it. I do like the running joke that nobody knows who the fuck Robert Kardashian is. God, Pat McKenna's here. Seeing all of these shaky cam shots of 90s people is kind of surreal. It really is. I do like them acknowledging how baffling reading the suicide note in a press conference was. <laughs> the strangest moves ever. The thing is, any bad move they made did kind of work out for them, so it, it, it's hard to get on them. Only through a set of amazing coincidences and circumstances, the likes of which I have never seen. Uh, I'm, I'm really offended that he just called OJ a Greek god. No, OJ is not a Greek god. He's never going to stop being the Jew. <laughs> <laughs> I like the little character arc he's had over these three episodes. It's like he's not the juice anymore. He's never going to stop being the juice. Can we, like, cut those scenes together to make an argument? <laughs> MB, that's the quote for this episode. He's never going to stop being the juice! Exclamation point. Hey, let's not set on a quote quite yet, because Cochran's still coming up. How is Cochran the least over-to-the-top thing in this story? This story <laughs> because, so it's, because it's Cochran, and that's just how he was. He was these people in real life. That's like, a, he's normal next to all of them. That's the thing. By comparison, they're making Cochran look like a human being. That's, that right there should clue you in on why this show should not be critically acclaimed. I still don't get that two, two weeks later. Hey, don't worry about DNA. They only got Hill Folk for the jury. I refuse to believe that OJ's defense was this concise. This <laughs> well, they didn't understand what DNA was. So it really wasn't that hard to get them to question it. I just like how all of this, like, you isolate it from the OJ Simpson trial, and it just sounds like a supervillain pitch. Like, it sounds like they're intentionally being evil. Well, they were. Exactly. I just say this episode so far is the most accurate. <laughs> Don't worry, we still haven't returned to AC yet. I hope AC Hale has a big role. AC is the heart I, of this show. After that introduction, I am AC. You know who the hell I am. He'll never stop being the juke. That. Oh shit! Mark Furman's been name dropped. By the way, I just want to say, in conversation last night, Matt revealed to me that he now begins every text conversation with, This is MJ! <laughs> While discussing a text he had sent to his girlfriend. Everything is terrible! 
I just want to see them pull a witness from that Hearts convention he went to. Seriously, that can never be brought up enough. After, let's face it, murdering his wife and her lover, OJ got in a car and drove to a Hearts convention where he sold hand, where he shook hands and sold cars. You want to rent a car? Get the fuck away from me! <laughs> do, do you think he sold a Bronco? Here's Definitely. my question, like, in the rush to get ready after he committed the murder, was he wearing the other black glove? <laughs> that is a thought. Where was the other glove? Like, he just forgot it was on his hand. He went to shake someone's hand like blood is on it. God, how amazing would it be to come out... Having found the other glove. And wouldn't it be even more amazing if they went, redid a fitting, and that one actually fit? <laughs> Why do I feel like if you assembled both gloves, like, you would tear a hole into hell or something? <laughs> it's some kind of mystic. mystic you, put on, you put on both gloves at the Bronco, <laughs> and the gateway to the, some, the fucking Elder Gods opens up. Also, I like how this has been so low-key with Cochran that we haven't even mentioned Johnny Cochran being in the show yet. Why do I feel like Sarah Connor's about to attack? <laughs> Seriously, Cochran is just like in a real show. It's weird. It means they're just building up to the Cochran bomb that's to come. Choose a side. Writer-editor Mark Grunewald originally created The Scourge of the Underworld in 1985 as a plot device intended to thin the criminal population of the Marvel Universe, in particular eliminating those supervillain characters he deemed to be too minor, redundant, or ill-conceived. Numerous other characters have used the name, often with differing motives and loyalties. <clears throat> Are you guys ready? We're ready. The Scourge is originally depicted as an individual vigilante dedicates the assassination of criminals. This person, whose true name has never been revealed, is seen over the course of several months seen over the course of several months murdering known supervillains. The Scourge approaches a supervillain disguised, suits him or her with an explosive tipped bullet, souch his catchphrase, Justice is served, and disappears. <laughs> The first Scourge's killing spree reaches its apex in Captain America number 319, where he guns down 18 such criminals in an underworld meeting, which is, ironically, held to devise a way of countering the menace of the Scourge. The Scourge disguises himself as the bartender, who nobody thinks to search. When Captain America captured the Scourge in the following issue, the character claimed to be the brother of the Enforcer, whom Scourge has killed because his siblings' criminal activities has shamed their father. He claims that this this crime led to him creating the Scorch persona with help from private investigator only identified as Domino, who provides some <laughs> detailed information on the supervillain community. Immediately after making this confession, the Scorch is himself shot and killed by an unseen assailant who is heard to cry, Justice is served, in the fashion of the Scorch's <laughs> other killings. This is just a circular thing that just keeps happening. In Captain America number 326, Captain America is confronted by a hologram of the Scourge created by Dr. Faustus to try and kill Captain America via having him confront ghosts of several villains who had recently died in battle against him. Oh Later no, on, my three worst villains, the Red Skull, Baron Zemo, and Scourge of the Underworld. Bullshit. Zemo wasn't in there. You know, it was Madcap. <laughs> Later on, in Captain America number 347, Albert Malik, the communist villain who assumed the identity of the Red Skull during the 1950s, is killed by a mercenary that breaks him out of prison only to kill him. After killing Mad Malik, the mercenary shouts the Scourge's catchphrase, Justice is served! <laughs> in issue 350, Scourge is shown to be part of an assembly of villains working for Red Skull, many of which Captain America had fought following Red Skull's death in Captain America number 300. Red Skull gloated that he had created the Scourge organization as part of a massive network of criminal organizations that carry out Skulls' will. The Scourge presented in the issue is promptly killed by John Walker, who had assumed the identity of Captain America. John Walker, for those who don't know, was known in the comic books as U.S. Agent. How? Just 
undignified is it to be killed by U.S. agent? <laughs> now, for those who probably aren't aware, uh, U.S. agent is – and I'm only saying this off the top of my head because for some reason I know this stuff. U.S. agent is Captain America's Azrael. Pretty much. So but, imagine- lower be- but lower be- – here's the thing though. The distinct difference is that U.S. agent is even lower because Captain America has several doppelgangers. He really does. There's like five evil Captain Americas. But seriously, imagine you're a daredevil villain and you're knocked off by D-Man. Oh, I would kill – I – I. oh, that's so – like he's oh, eating a so sandwich and he just falls over onto you and you impale yourself on your own knife. D-Man, no! It wasn't supposed to happen this way. God, that is so how the frogman is going to die. You've gone too far this day, D-Man. <laughs> That's what the story's called. It's written by Mark Waid. Daredevil has to bring D-Man in. I like Cheryl's new haircut. Oh, we got an Archer TV spot. That's why we all just went silent. Like <laughs> Archer. More of these characters have intentionally <laughs> written evil. Uh, I like how it just looks like Cuba Gooding Jr. is the most hated man in the world. <laughs> I mean, have you ever seen Boat Trip? I mean, it's true. <laughs> it's true, but that doesn't make stating it any less ridiculous. This is all pretty accurate, actually. I like how the uh, middle-aged white man knowing everything on the news is a trope that's long predated cable news. Unfortunately. Let me tell you a thing or two about racism, Buster. I'm prejudiced against every day. (laughs) They say I can't burn a cross on my own lawn. Just last week, I was going into an an airport and saw a Muslim man. And whenever I asked that he be removed, I was called a bigot. What about my right to protect my family? I like how this part's true. This guy was an insane racist. Yeah, there's literally like hours and hours of footage of him voluntarily in an interview just talking about how much he hates black people. <laughs> Travolta just saying, this is a gift. I mean, it's true. Yeah, you got me there. It's so weird how this is the true story of how injustice happened. Pretty much. By the way, John Travolta saying, a black man. <laughs> This weird Henry Winkler to his voice. The fucking thing is, like, there was, like, there was definite evidence planning by the LAPD, but just to cover their asses because they fucked up the crime scene so bad. They were incompetent first, then criminal later. Pretty much. Like, the bloody sock they found on OJ's floor is just... Everyone's pretty much accepted. Even people who think that he did it. Yeah, that's not right. Something weird is yelling about that bloody sock. It's like, why is there even a bloody sock to begin with? He stabbed her with his feet. (laughs) Just like material in the sock, like mixed in with the blood that 
police use to make the blood not coagulate whenever it's in evidence. I mean, he did punt those footballs. It's true. He fucking knocked off Goldman's head so hard. (laughs) 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 It's like a scene out of Black Dynamite. Except, you know, it's real and is murder. Uh I killed my ex-wife before I walked in the room. (laughs) (laughs) I... Oh, I don't like this anymore. <laughs> hey, America made light of these murders years before we got to them. That doesn't make it right, James. Hey, we're not doing anything else that fucking Jay Leno didn't do. <laughs> Does that mean we should? <laughs> also, seriously, we've we've got to get John Hamm or somebody to play Leno. I mean, that is John Hamm's role in life now, is to make weird, ironic cameos. No, I've been saying the whole time, Dylan McDermott. Yes, he's got to show up, right? God, he needs to show up. He shows up as Lorenzo Lamas, like, just (laughs) for some reason. Just filming an episode of Renegade in the back lot. No, they tell the story of how the murder happened, and in the role of Nicole Brown Simpson... He turns around in a wig. <laughs> then Scabby walks in. As Ron Goldman. <laughs> and Kung Fu fights Cuba Gooding Jr. The humanity of Marsha Clark. Also, so far, this is by far the most boring episode. It's super boring. I I don't care about her being a mom. Also, I had a conversation the other day with somebody about Renegade. I just feel like this is important. Were they pro or against? Um, I think pro. I miss hard copy. Uh, the show that gave us Bill O'Reilly. I just missed the intro for hard copy. Isn't that the one where he went all, we're doing it live? Oh, yeah. Or was that Inside Edition? I think that was hard copy. Oh, wait. Let's, uh, to be fair, they were the same show. Yeah, pretty much. That's back whenever we had our sleazy... Uh, pornographically evil news just in 30-minute installments on a couple of channels. It's hard to be not the most 90s of those shows, though. I like OJ being introduced like a Batman villain with a Dutch angle. (laughs) What is with the Dutch angles all of a sudden? Meanwhile, in the juice's lair, he's in an orange orchard. I mean, I don't know who who Mr. Bloom is. It could be O.J. Simpson. What a wrinkle in the Batman comics that would be. Batman versus O.J. Simpson with some kind of plant-based powers. (laughs) The Juice Man. Also, I like how we're bringing in a cocaine connection. Well, this was like right post-80s, so everything still flowed through cocaine. Just hear him out, Juice. So were they just giggling the entire time writing this script? <laughs> Have him call him Juice again. Push oh my god, here it comes. He said it. He said yes! the thing. I am taking a sip. <laughs> You've been waiting this entire time. There's dust on the orange juice. And, and he did it with a push-in. Just get drunk. Just fucking pass the fuck out. I have that chessboard. 
I've had one of those for a while. Also, I know we say this each time, but what is the deal with Cuba Gooding Jr.'s raspy, broken voice for O.J. Simpson? I don't know. It just makes him sound, like, even more wormy. It's so weird. O.J. sounded nothing like that. Neither I'm, does Cuba Gooding Jr. I'm Nordberg, everybody. O.J. just had kind of a, a normal voice. He, did, he didn't have, like, a deep voice. He didn't have a high voice. He just had a normal voice and a normal range. Is that Travolta doing an o a Cuba OJ impression? What? Is this really happening? Jam. I. This is. Oh, I still think that was Travolta. <laughs> it sounded like. <laughs> It sounded like Travolta. I would not be surprised if they got Travolta to do that. I'm so, so disappointed. So wait, 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 wait. That just raises even more questions. Like, what was Gooding doing during that? I think I was just a random person. But just... Like... I seriously thought I was watching the most racist thing I've ever seen. <laughs> Yeah, I was starting to think, like, did Cuba do that entire voice just so it was easy for Travolta to imitate? That sounded like it sounded like Travolta doing the voice, right? Am I not? I'm not crazy. It, no, as soon as you said that, I was like, oh my god, he's right. Like seriously, like I was so on board for the wrinkle of John Travolta posing as O.J. Simpson. Oh, that would have been amazing. I'm so mad it didn't go that way. It's what it turned from the most boring episode into the most amazing episode. So we're getting also, Dawn of Justice. Batman. I know, we're getting Dawn of Justice TV spot, and goddamn is Ben Affleck svelte. He is just... I love evil Superman. <laughs> he is just angry that Superman exists. That, sci that, that psychotic that. dream that he keeps having. I like how, if you didn't know any better, just looking at the ad campaign for this movie, you would think that Superman was flat out the villain. <laughs> well, if you saw Man of Steel, you would know that he was the villain. <laughs> like, it doesn't even seem to have any connection to Man of Steel. <laughs> like, it's just, it's just this summer, Batman takes down the greatest foe of all. <laughs> Ultraman. <laughs> I think this mar I think the marketing campaign with TV spots like that are just confusing people. It's gonna be a weird day when we realize Deadpool's probably gonna make more than a Batman movie. It's possible. Also, I guess there would be no point in asking now, Mike, but just tell us a little more about the scourge of the underworld. Uh, this commercial might be about to end. I'll see if I can get a uh, paragraph in. In Captain America number 351, the Commission on Superhero Affairs had an – the Commission on Superhero Affairs <laughs> had an agent impersonate the scourge of the underworld to kill, in quotations – uh, John Walker, who I, whose identity as Captain America had been made public and whose parents had been killed as a result of retaliation against him by the Watchdog organization. This story featured the first in-story appearance of the Scourge's official costume, which kind of looked like – you remember um, Old West Ghost Rider? Yep. Oh, yeah. Like, I think if that's the costume they're talking about, that was – that was essentially what he looked like. Wait, with like a cowboy hat and everything? Uh, not necessarily a cow. He wore a hat. It's pretty close. Like, it oh, 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 I think I actually know what you're talking about. Like, he wore like kind of a fedora type. Yeah, thing. it was like a fedora. Uh, or like a he, he kind of wore like a Moon Knight mask. Yeah, he had like this kind of skull like Moon Knight mask. He kind of looks like Ellis's uh, or 
Yeah, Ellis is Moon Knight. Yeah, definitely. With a fedora. And that's all we'll ever know. Is this Kato jogging? He's jogging with Greg Sestero. <laughs> the way he's jogging. <laughs> I would love to see Kato come out and say, I was never that ripped. <laughs> <laughs> women going, women flashing Kato, Caitlin. I like those guys high-fiving as they run off. <laughs> Who were those guys? We followed them for the rest of the show. <laughs> They're fucking setting social injustices right, one douchebag at a time. That was a scene in a TV show. Also, I like how Kato Kalo is immediately, like, like Kato Kalo is immediately the most famous man in LA. Take a drink. A really long one. Seriously, why is that the style of this? Why the constant push-ins? Because Ryan Murphy doesn't know what subtlety is. It's like they're trying to ape David Fincher without realizing that David Fincher doesn't do any of those things. I like Marsha's weird photos there. <laughs> Things. Just photos of spoons. Are they going to fuck? Probably. They just become the Kimmy Schmidt versions of those characters. Marsha Cross just lights up a J and puts her feet up on her desk. Okay, how are we going to do this? That would be too accurate to the real people. I mean, God, he starred in the Naked Dunn movies. He wasn't even cast as the Terminator. <laughs> uh, Seriously, I know it's a w- widely known fact, but O.J. Simpson was famously not cast as the Terminator because James Cameron didn't think he could be a murderer. I like how Marsha's role in this show is to not have any of this black bullshit. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, yeah, Selma Blair's Chris Kardashian. <laughs> Why is she in this? Why is anybody in this? Actually, Selma Blair probably makes the most sense to be in this. I'm always very depressed at why Selma Blair has the career she does, because she's Selma Blair. I mean, is she crazy or something? Does she have a massive drug problem? I've always had an impression she has some kind of drug problem. I don't know where I get this idea from. It's just something about her interviews.
There's always that a weird affection for her from that moment in the Hellboy commentary where Ron Perlman says fuck and she tells him not to curse because it makes her uncomfortable. <laughs> oh, yeah, because Hellboy shouldn't curse. <laughs> God, they're bringing up AC. <laughs> Going back to Summer Blair for a second, why has not her and Parker Posey ever done some kind of like buddy movie? I know, right? They're like the same type, like of actress. It just makes too much sense. Need to play sisters. By the way, I like them just casually throwing out that there was a fake beard in the Bronco. Because that's not important enough to do more than a cursory mention of. There was a fake goddamn beard in the, in the Bronco. Let's please tell me there's a deleted scene that's going to be on the DVD of Cuba putting on a Fu Manchu. How do I look? Tell me I don't look like OJ. <laughs> I don't want to be OJ anymore. <laughs> Question, didn't AC end up, like, being in something, like, years and years later, and it was really confusing? I think so. So, yeah, they're playing them like a couple. It's weird. Oh, God, they're playing, they're doing into this. Oh, uh, the OJ is here and he's trying to kill me tapes that were never played at the trial. Yep. This just gets more offensive, Mark. <laughs> at least this happened. Also, I like everyone standing around outside. <laughs> Watching the one TV like it's the fucking 1940s. I know. <laughs> Once again, those 911 tapes never play at the trial. For reasons that nobody will ever understand. You don't want to poison the jury against the defendant. Oh, and that wasn't from the uh, night of the murder or anything. That was a, that was a pre-incident. That, that was a uh, prelude to what was to come. Oh, there's a couple of those. Because you know OJ has a history of this stuff. You, you, no need to point that out. Like, okay, jury. Well, what most people call domestic violence, the news media did and does refer to as a troubled marriage. Pretty much. I mean, this is pretty much accurate. I still cannot tell whose side this show is on. This show tries so hard to be objective, it just makes everybody evil. Except OJ, which is bizarre. So I love how Shakespearean Nathan Lane is getting with this. <laughs> Like he's in John Adams or something. He's referencing those two black guys from the last episode. <laughs> I know two black guys. I'm in the know. I'm surprised there wasn't like a dramatic shot there. They're trying to take down the LAPD. It's a declaration of war. 
This show is so overwrought with dramatic lines. I know he already said, I'm not black, I'm OJ, but can he say it again? Can that be like his catchphrase? I'm sure he will. Oh, God, the quest for the real killer has already begun. (laughs) The fucking hit squad. Tussling. Just, just give, just give me a knife and I'm gonna make all this go away. She's already dead, OJ. Oh, uh, Damn it, OJ, you can't double murder all of your problems away. Technically, he did date that woman that looked exactly like Nicole, so he could have just killed her. He didn't, though. She's safe. Yeah, that's a interesting wrinkle. Years later, OJ Simpson dated a woman who looked exactly like Nicole Brown Simpson, who he met outside of Nicole Brown Simpson's house, the one he murdered her in. Yep. So may or may not have made her dress like Nicole, too. It comes of no surprise to people that O.J. Simpson is kind of a disturbed man. Well, the dramatic fade in at Johnny Cochran. On that note, a new scourge appeared in Captain America number 358 through 362 in a story where a new version of the scourge attempts to kill the criminal super scientist, the power broker. This version appears to be operating independently of the Red Skull, claiming to want the power broker dead due to the fact that his treatment to give people superpowers had left his brother horribly deformed instead. John Walker, now calling himself U.S. agent, and former Captain America ally Vagabond, stopped the Scourge, though much in the same way as the Scourge Captain America fought. The killer was shot by a hidden gunman who screamed, Justice is served! (laughs) I'm noticing a pattern here. Rather than get this scorch to a doctor, Walker allows him to die from his wound in order to instead try and find the gunman. Fuck you, U.S. agent. Another version of the scourge, working for Red Skull, shows up in Captain America number 394. After a failed attempt by the German government to arrest and try Red Skull for crimes against humanity, and in Red Skull escaping, Skull went into hiding and had a scourge of the underworld under his employment murder three clones of himself and his two associates, Crossbones and Mother Knight, to fake their deaths. Because only Red Skull is arch enough to clone himself, then create a new Scourge of the Underworld for the sole purpose of killing that clone to fake his own death. (laughs) No, 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 no. Him and Lex Luthor in the 90s. You got me there. Wait, wait, I just want to say, can you imagine Red Skull then appearing in a wheelchair with a beard and long hair, but still with the Red Skull. I'm Red Skull Jr. Jesus. During a later meeting of his various terrorist groups, a man identifies the Scourge is executed via the Red Dust of Death after lying about several failed attempts on lives of supervillains Red Skull had marked for death. The exchange between the Skull and the Scourge implies that Red Skull sculled the identity of the Scourge for his own agenda when he accuses his henchmen of ruining the good name of the Scourge of the Underworld with his failures. Mother Knight later uses her illusion-casting power to create an illusion of the Scourge to allow additional henchmen of the Red Skull to avoid capture by Captain America. In 1993, Mark Grunewald, who had created the Scourge of the Underworld and written nearly all of the main appearances of the character in Captain America, wrote a four-part U.S. agent miniseries in order to resolve the looming mysteries involving the character in his various forms and masters. The miniseries revealed the Scourge of the Underworld was created by a retired Golden Age superhero known as Angel, who ran the organization with help from Domino and two henchmen known as Caprice and Bloodstain. (laughs) Was this written in the 1990s? Yep. 
The organization was formed by the hero after a bystander was shot and killed by a villain during a fight with the hero. The failure to stop the death drove Thomas Holloway into retirement. When the second age of heroes came about decades later, Holloway vowed to eliminate the newer generation of supervillains through any means necessary to protect the people. The miniseries also confirmed the existence of female Scourge of the Underworld agents, as one of the villains' previous kills, uh, Titiana, Tatiana, by a Scourge impersonating fellow villain Gold Digger in a women's locker room. What? <laughs> had left unanswered questions to whether or not the murder of Tatiana was done by a female Scourge, since the villain would not be able to pass as a woman in such an intimate setting as a woman's locker room. <laughs> That's the question people had? <laughs> I like how the Scourge slash U.S. agent continuity was so befuddled at that point. They had to straighten things out. How is any of this real? Oh, God, we we now have time to finish the Scourge of the Underworld Wikipedia page this week. Hey, hey, we can finish it next week. This is going to be continued. Oh, God. Cochrane is being brought in. Shit's also, getting did raped. either of you realize that this is nearly over? Because I, I just realized like that. I seconds ago. <laughs> yeah. Like, nothing's happened. Well, they're trying to stretch this out to, like, 13 episodes. The Cochrane Shapiro War is beginning. excited they are over these murders. I think they're saying Cochran had to believe OJ was innocent before he could come on board. Sir, so they just hire Johnny Cochran to play himself? Did they raise is, him with necromancy? It is freaking amazing how pitch perfect spot on this bit of casting is when everyone else is so horribly miscast really horribly (laughs) (laughs) same that's okay I put a file in my mustache ready to get you out of here OJ we're gonna put you on task force X <laughs> Could you imagine like a suicide squad of nothing but famous people who have murdered? It's like OJ and Robert Blake. <laughs> Robert Culp. <laughs> Let's face it, Mickey Rourke. Yeah. And Matthew Broderick as the idea man. <laughs> And Chris Benoit as the Crippler. What is performance? What is Cuba doing? (laughs) (laughs) What is this? Give you my rhyming schemes. So I like how Cochran immediately believes in him. After seeing that performance. Don't worry, I got this great rhyme. I'm going to try to work backwards from it. And we will come up with a way to get you out. Oh, thank God we saw that. Unless OJ's going to come into the room and murder that fucking kid. I was seriously wondering, like, is Rubber Man going to appear? Oh, God, are we about to see her fucking light up a doobie? 
Oh, that would have been amazing. I like how this is like acting like we never see her smoke. Seriously, if 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 we did a drinking game based on her smoking, we would just we would kill people. The dramatic reveal is that she poured herself a glass of orange juice. Dun dun dun. Cochrane scoffs. <laughs> That's amazing. Oh god. Okay, now. <laughs> That's so, so fucking stupid. This is a show that ended with a dramatic pan out. As Marsha Clark said, Cochran. Motherfucker. And she scoffed. They had to pay a fine to get her to be able to say that uncensored. They thought it was that important. That's just so fucking stupid. I guess I can do a little more Scourge the Underworld. The series has Vagabond trying to join the group and is sent on her first mission. Unfortunately, she finds her first victim to be a single father who begs Vagabond to spare him for his son's sake. Marked for death for failing to do her assignment, Vagabond recruits U.S. agent to help bring down the organization. During the ensuing fight, the Scourge sent to kill Vagabond, U.S. agent, is captured but killed. As U.S. agent is taken before Bloodstain, who attempts to brainwash U.S. agent into joining the Scourges. Bloodstain reveals himself to be U.S. agent's deceased brother, Mike Walker. Though it's never revealed if this is true or just a disguise designed to manipulate U.S. agent. Walker is informed by the Hollow... By the Holloway's role in running the organization and the ensuing final battle, Domino and Bloodstain are killed while a large angel-shaped gravestone falls on the invalid Holloway. Though the U.S. Agent miniseries implies the statue killed him, Captain America number 440 reveals that Holloway survived and managed to avoid arrest due to his army of lawyers and had gone back into seclusion. Cochran, the dream team, helped get the scourge of the underworld <laughs> off. Later entries for the Scourge in various official Marvel handbook specials would clarify the Red Skull connection, which the U.S. Agent miniseries never outright addressed. These entries ultimately state that if the Red Skull learned of the existence of the Scourge of the Underworld organization and managed to convince several of Holloway's agents to switch sides and work for him. Choose a side! <laughs> I just like that the angel was brought in. As the mastermind of the Scourge of the Underworld organization. The Scourge plays a major role in several storylines involving the Shocker in the early 1990s. <laughs> the miniseries The Deadly Foes of Spider-Man, Shocker showed that the Spider-Man villain had become obsessively paranoid and convinced the Scourge was out to get him. During the climax of the storyline, the Kingpin employs an unseen Scourge imposter to fake an attempt on the Shocker's life, which prevents him from killing Spider-Man and calls him to flee the scene. All in order to avoid attention being drawn near a location the Kingpin wants to rob. But all we're getting a little next Tuesday. The glove! It all leads to this. Dramatic shot of the fucking statue. Yeah! That's the fucking... The stinger is the introduction of Judge Edo. <laughs> Please tell me he's going to be played by Ken Jeong. I hope so. Oh my god. This is so stupid. I hate this show so much. <laughs> All right, let me finish this one paragraph for the Deadly Foes of Spider-Man before we, before we sign off here. In Amazing Spider-Man number 364, Shocker attempts to rob several research centers in order to gain technology to enhance his suit's weapons, so as to increase his chances in battle against the Scourge. From what I do know of this story, it, it essentially ends in Shocker being the Shocker, so the Scourge of the Underworld has no interest in killing him. <laughs> like, that's the big thing, is like, it's... Chaka realizes the Scourge is just never going to come from it, come for him because he's the Shocker, and that's what happens. I feel like that's the story of the Shocker in general. He realizes he's the Shocker and goes home. 
Now, there is more to this, but we'll save it for next week. Oh, there's even a list of villains killed by the Scourge. This is going to be a fun one. But, for now, this has been Pulp Watch for The People v. O.J. Simpson American Crime Story Episode 3, The Dream Team. And I've been Mike. I've been B. And I have always been the Juice. Listen next week to another tale of the strange and terrifying. This meeting will come to order. The Legion of Pope is now in session. In a moment, iTunes. Yes, Quizmotron. I was wondering, Emperor Palpatine, if I could, perhaps... Box Office Pulp thinks we need a few items to pawn on the black market. Box Office Pulp guy, you have a podcast dedicated to movie analysis. Pinhead, your pleasure puzzles are deadly. Isaac, you've... You've got corn! Corn? What more do you need? Almost a nuclear warhead. What? All other supervillains have them. With a nuclear warhead, I should leave all of the podcasts to tear themselves apart with paranoia. Box off his Pope wants a magic lasso to hang himself with. Can I get a ship in a bottle kit? I demand more corn. To make my own ship in a bottle. Oh, enough of this. The hell do I look like, Santa Claus? We're wasting valuable time. Right now, my Pope drones are rewriting Apple's code to make our podcast number one on iTunes. Excuse me, Emperor. Quizmotron, what is it? All Quizmotron wants is pants. A decent pair of pants. Josh Vader wants pants, too. Order! Order! Tune in next week at HopePodcastNetwork.wordpress.com I don't even know how I deal with any of you on a daily basis.